Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Map Chain I'm JJRTMS. And this is going to be, I think, like our first planned special episode that everyone knew about already. So that's an exciting premise. We're going to be talking about our favorite games that came out in 2016. As sort of a year retrospective, this is the first time. 2016 was the first year to have no clip throughout. It was a full year of our podcast. Yes. I feel old. <laughs> You've reminded me of the inevitability of death. It's and good, because so do all of the games on my list. <laughs> and uh, while some people might have thought 2016 was a really shitty year, yeah. it was a great year for games. It was. That is a fact. It is... Let's not get political. But 2016 blew hard cocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh... Pour one out for 2016. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's go ahead and start with number three, then. Uh, Andy, do you want to start? And we'll go around the room. Okay, that's not what I was expecting. Oh, what did you, did you no, want I, me to I'm, start? I'm, I'm prepared to go first. Are you? Are you sure you're prepared yes. to go first? You better... I, uh, I just imagine that you would start, Chad, but whatever. Um, my number three game is Pokemon Sun, Sun and Moon. Moon. Yeah, I... This is one of the ones that I struggled to, like, whether or not I wanted it to be on my list at all. I think that if you listen to our Pokemon episode, you're pretty, you'd be pretty clear as to why we like it. It's just such a good game. You know, it, like, in that formula, did pretty much the best that it could have. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised it's not on your list. Yeah, it, it did not quite make it. It was very close. You did have a lot of disproportionate competition next to the rest of us, I think. Obviously, it's not on mine, as I never ended up actually experiencing it. But I did look over plenty of shoulders while Sun and Moon was going on, <laughs> and seeing a lot of the sort of interesting variations that they did. Right, and I guess just to repeat what I said on the Pokemon cast, um, it, it feels like a kind of breath of fresh air for the Pokemon series. They're actually trying some different stuff. Uh, it's made me pick up my 3DS, which I haven't done in a while. Uh, I mean, it was and it was just fun. Like, it was more humorous, it had a lighter, or not a lighter tone, but like, a, more of a, more of a concrete tone. Like, mm-hmm. think, think pl- after playing Sun and Moon and going back and play like, checking out some of the older games, they're very, like, kind of, I want to say cold, but like, very much <laughs> just like... They love you less? It's just, like, it, there's no personality to it. It's all just, yeah. like, Especially, next. like, when it comes to things like, you know, like, towns and NPCs mm-hmm. have seemed very static in comparison. Like, in, in Sun and Moon, you can just, like, walk into, up to a guy and he'll be like, hey, have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, like, the uh, interaction you would have with a random person. Not everyone has to say something about how much they like a Pokemon or something. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's just lots of good polish and some interesting new things added. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, of, like, a running theme through my list of games is... I think all three of the games that I chose exemplify something that I think should be looked at when exploring the genre in the future, and I think Pokemon really exemplifies specifically for itself, like, Pokemon Sun and Moon should be the new touchstone for Pokemon games going forward, because of how much it did right. Absolutely, and if Game Freak doesn't realize that, then they're 
a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to. They got the mountains of money. They do have mounds of cash. Yeah, their prior hills of money have been overshadowed <laughs> yes. by the current mountain of money that they got from Sun and Moon. JJ, game number three. Hyperlight Drifter. Was that 2016? Yes. It was in 2016. Right. That's one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, it really helps solidify how much the indie space allows people to foster distinct tones, mm-hmm. which I'm really happy about. I mean, that's always been historically like the huge upshot of the indie scene, starting from the, the very inception of its popularity since Braid. But Hyperlight Drifter is almost exactly the kind of tone that I'm looking for in a game, and I don't know if that comes out as strongly in our episode in retrospect. Uh, but that's only because uh, Hyperlight Drifter sort of went 90% of the way there for me and never really gapped the last 10, which is why it's stuck at number three here. It's absolutely gorgeous. I really do like love the way most of the systems are once you sort of get over the hump in a Dark Souls-like sense and yeah. not get yourself stuck in a death loop of some kind. I had like almost identical... like sort of swing with that is like retrospectively looking back on the episode that we did on it I actually really like Hyperlight Drifter like I think it is just an incredible game and additionally it's one of those games that like supplies me with just like a difficult system to master and it's that's kind of a thing that I love to do and Hyperlight Drifter has all of, all of those elements in a really stylish package it's extremely stylish, and the only thing that I wish is that it could have been subversive along with that, because of how much I just love subversive fucking things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel almost exactly like JJ. Mm. All my feelings about it, but I think like maybe the gap between like it may be more of like an 80 percent of the way there gap for me. I I really wish it was less obtuse than it is. That's like my biggest. Uh, gripe with the game is that I think the minimalism hurt it. Like I, I think it needed a little bit more of like a guiding hand. It made it a beautiful piece, but oh not, yeah, not a. As, but it really did lessen it as yeah, a game in a lot of. Efforts. I'm like so into like almost all the decisions made in the design <laughs> of the game. Yeah. But like it just it falls that little bit short. Yeah. Which is why this is my list. Your three, Chad. Number three for me is Firewatch, uh, which <laughs> this is one that it took me a while to sort of really nail down uh, for my number three spot. And the things that got kicked to my own revenge list are kind of similar, but Overwatch, I think, is... I th- Overwatch, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Firewatch, a very different game. Um, it really nails like a uh, an emotional note for me uh, that no game or really a film that I've seen and actually enjoyed has even broached and that is in Firewatch he plays a character who has made a bad decision and ran away from the consequences and I feel like that's a well I feel feel like it's a near universal feeling that everyone has made a bad decision and then attempted to evade the consequences of it. Of course. And of course, it is a video game, so it's like they systemize that in as much as where you make some decisions to set up what you understand about your character's backstory. You have a limited 
right. a method of control over yourself. It's it's really sort of similar to how life ends up going in that respect. And one of the things that I most respect and modeled after the game is they they were willing to go for it like the full narrative simulator like the like the devs previously had attempted in The Walking Dead, but made it less video gamey for lack of a better term. And what I mean by that in this context is that they didn't give the player like distinct choices and agency all the time over every position. It's not like there was ever a moment in Firewatch where you were like, which squirrel's gonna live or die? <laughs> right. Like there was, there was never a moment where the camera sort of froze and you had to like look one direction or the other about whose life you were gonna save. It was just minor choices that all ended up having you know, either huge effects or limited effects, depending upon where you were in the game and what the choices meant. And often you didn't know what choices that you were making meant at the yeah. time you made them. And it really is, like, one of those things where, it like, yes, Henry goes to an extreme that, like, a regular person wouldn't generally, where he moves to a different state and joins the Firewatch there. Mm. Um, but just, like, the, the concepts that the game is... It, that deals with our universal, and I felt really like kind of nailed it down in a way that a lot of characters yeah. just can't. I mean, and that's part of like taking advantage of the medium. It's mm -hmm. Like you can take that feeling and that uh, like idea that everyone can relate to, and take it to an extreme and explore like what that's what that's like. Yeah, like I have I have not experienced the loss on the level that that Henry is implied to have in the story. And I'm also not in my mid forties, <laughs> but you can really see yourself in the character just because it'll the game sets you up to allow like to to allow you to get absorbed in it. Yeah. And also the ending, as mu as many people found it anticlimactic, I feel like don't understand that life is anticlimactic. <laughs> That's not everything has a satisfying conclusion, and sometimes things are just well. I completely shit. agree with that. I, that was actually, I think, the single most interesting thing that came out of Firewatch is the decision for the ending and public response to the ending. Uh, because it shows that even though, like, the boundaries of what games can represent have been pushed, like, so, so, so far, we're not at the point where, like, straight art house representation is a thing that still has, like, a full public audience. Yeah. Like, the game was beautiful, and lots of people purchased it for that. But tons of games attempt to represent things for reasons other than fun, and that's become a thing that has been more acceptable over time as games went on. Uh, it, even to like the smaller degrees, like me and Andy's interminable argument about the horse in Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I respect the hell out of the idea. Oh, I know. And in Firewatch's case, like saying, I, even though that I think it makes perfect sense and it, th that they made the decision like, life is anticlimactic, and so that's what we're putting, that's what we're wanting to represent in the game. I think the fact that a lot of people in the game's community, like, said, whoa, I get that, that's not what I want. Right. Says a lot about the, like, maturity level, both of the medium and the audience right now. Like, yeah. I don't think people didn't get that, that that's what we're going for. I thought they were just like, why would I want that? Right. It's still <laughs> sort of a, a huge refrain there. Mm. I feel like we've talked too long already on this, but just to end, like, I've collectively played probably about 500 hours of the other games on my list. Mm -hmm. The four hours that I spent with Overwatch, I think were... Er, <laughs> the four hours I spent with Firewatch, I think were more impactful. Uh, Andy, number two? 
My number two is Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh goddamn. And you spent a lot of time with Final Fantasy fifteen in the last like month. <laughs> I have. It's actually I have the highest like achievement percentage of like, any game like in my library with Final Fantasy fifteen. Um there's a lot to say. I actually feel like if the two of you end up playing it, we should totally do it for the cast. I uh, am, God, I guess probably like 10 hours into the game at this point, and I completely, completely agree with you. And this should totally be our, like, dramatic setup for what I feel are going to be the huge <laughs> tumulus like, yes. debates that are to come on Final but, uh, Fantasy XV. I will say a few words, though, anyway. Um, Final Fantasy XV is a game that's going to, like, everyone's going to have a different experience with it. Like, personally, I I am a Final Fantasy fan, but not a huge one. So, like, there was no ten years of waiting for me. Like, I didn't know about the game until it was rebranded as Final Fantasy XV, so it's only been, like, three years for me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And even during that time, you were like... "Uh, They're really fucking up. Oh, yeah. Early (laughs) trailers, I thought, looked so stupid. Like, I, I called it Final Fantasy Car. Yeah. I thought the car was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> and, like, genius criticism. <laughs> like, it, it rubbed me so the wrong way, it like, did. when I first saw it. And through Square Enix's crazy magic that can make Final Fantasy and Disney work together, <laughs> they used it on this and made, like, this weird, like,. M- Mashing of fantasy and reality with the weird, like, Square Enix specific tropes and things, and like made it all mesh, and it works really well for most of the game. It's unbelievable how well the setting actually ends up working on like a gameplay to gameplay moment. Yep. Truly stunning. I will, however. Under the expectation that I'm just going to let this hang, and that the questions will come in the podcast in the months later. Fair enough. Uh, I think that the Final Fantasy 15, based on my 10 hours, assuming that it remains representative, is the Metal Gear Solid 5 of RPGs. JJ, number two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, my number two uh, is Dark Souls 3. Uh, my number two is also Dark Souls 3. Uh, my number one is Dark Souls 3. Okay. So we'll talk about it then. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Shit. So, so skip. Skip. Andy, number one. Dark Souls 3. <laughs> <Found> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> that was weird. Um, okay, the so. The format that we chose to take this in allowed that weird domino to happen. Yes, so we're talking about JJ and Chad's number two, which is also my number one. So. Dark Souls 3, like, we did our little gameplay recording thing when it came out. It's still the featured video on our YouTube, because it's the only one with a video. (laughs) Yes. And I I came up pretty negative on the game, just because, like, I felt like I needed to make a point about it. Like, things that I was disappointed about. But, I mean, it is a phenomenal game. It's... Uh, Miyazaki puts out, like, very, very, very high-quality product. He's got a great team. Uh, It's a great follow-up to the original and to Demon's Souls in the way that Dark Souls 2 wasn't. So it's great to see that return. Uh, It's better mechanically. It looks better. It's smoother. Everything's smoother. Overall, it's just, like, it's a great package. It's only, like, a disappointment 
to me, like, in my very personal nitpicky ways. Yeah. yeah. I, as somebody who regularly listens to a podcast that discusses Dark Souls exclusively, yeah. uh, it, I feel like Dark Souls 3 is almost designed... To, not to appeal to somebody who can do a podcast about Dark Souls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is like a game where around every corner there is a new and uninteresting callback <laughs> to a previous Dark Souls game, and the narrative threads are left hanging in a way that they weren't, at least in Dark Souls 1, which is narratively pretty complete if you're willing to dig so deep that you can put it together. Like, it has a thing that makes sense in the end, and Dark Souls 3 has a lot of things that don't. Yeah. But Dark as somebody Souls who one, didn't do that, Dark Souls 3 feels amazing. <laughs> Dark Souls 1 was like a yarn ball with some loose threads around the edge. Right. Whereas, like, Dark Souls 3 is a yarn ball that's been shredded by a cat. It's a yarn <laughs> pile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the post-yarn being. Yeah, yeah. it's... I... I I'm not going to take credit for this theory, but I don't remember where I heard it. Mm -hmm. But I've heard uh, somebody talk about the idea that, like, Dark Souls 3 is, like, a meta commentary by, like, Miyazaki, where he's like, if you just want me to keep making the same game over and over, by God, I'm going to give you the same game again. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, when you look at it that way, at least for me personally, it, like, alleviates some of my, like frustrations with it to think about it that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I at least want to mention the fact that as much as I love the game, I played the DLC and it is, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really add a ton to, like, not, like, length of content. I'm not like, oh, three hours. More like, fucking don't buy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the game, like, it changes so little and it has so... It has zero narrative payoff in terms of how you understand the main game that I feel like it's just content for content's sake. Yep. Like, it, it ends up being kind of a content-munching DLC yeah. pack. It, so. it's especially, it feels especially weird because all the other DLC for the whole series has been significant to the base game, yeah. even yep. with Dark Souls 2. And the DLC, like, Ashes of Ariandel feels like Remember the painted world, the <laughs> DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just I only wanted to bring that up at all, just because like I'm very positive on the game, yep. and I don't, and I'm taking JJ's stance that more content does not mean that it makes the original content worse. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that in light of the main game, it really is like just one of the best games that came out this year. I've been trying to think before t- moving on from 3 a better comparison to this because this is going to sound way more insulting to 3 than it actually is I mean it's still like this, the second best experience I had with a game this year um, but Dark Souls 3 always sort of reminded me of the criticisms that get thrown around related to like the DC like the, the more recent DC superhero movies with it, like Dark Souls 3 is a game that's full of really compelling scenes that aren't linked in any meaningful way at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I the kind of shock that I had when I found the untended graves. Uh, it may it may be like the single high point of gaming in terms of an actual released in twenty sixteen game that I had this year. Right. But that does not mean that 
everything sort of fits together like a puzzle. Right. It, Untamed Graves was not like the missing piece that made you see what they were going for. It was a cool thing. Jay, did yeah. you finish Bloodborne? I have finished Bloodborne. Okay, it's in Bloodborne when you find the Hunter's Workshop. Right. Yep. It's so not that. Because like, when you find the Hunter's Workshop, you're like... Holy shit! This was a real place, and here it is. And like it, like <laughs> it starts to, like things that are. It's said a pu- in the it game. is a puzzle piece that you found that fits into the puzzle. Right, yep. but visually, it's not very impressive because you've already seen it. It doesn't right, look but substantially different. It, it gives you that feeling though. Yeah, it and it's actually meaningful. Well, I mean, it is like exactly the opposite of Dented Graves. Yes. Yep. And that's I, I think or it's the, not. It's more like finding Ash Lake. Like, it's not even close to as cool as that. Right, right, yeah. And for future reference, for any game developers listening to this podcast to learn what 2016 did right, uh, if you want JJ to like a thing in your game, just make it totally black. Like, (laughs) (laughs) the Untended Crayons are the high point of of video games in 2016 with its all-black skybox. <laughs> and his favorite part about Dark Souls 1 was the abyss. <laughs> a lightless <laughs> void. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'm going to prove you so wrong in a few seconds when I talk about my number one game. JJ, number one. Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, number ding. one, Overwatch. <laughs> Big surprise. Yeah. Some confetti falls. (laughs) I haven't never had a video game win an uphill battle against my initial impressions harder than Overwatch did. uh, You played the open beta. I came off of the open beta and was like, I'll never buy this. And you you big texted us and was like, "Eh, it's nothing special. And then... Like, a Love while later, purchased the game, and we're like, you should try this game. <laughs> That's a nice a nice memory and consistency there that saved me the embarrassment. But yeah, I was... Man, initial, initial impressions of Overwatch. And I'm almost sad that I'm going to have to choke it down a little bit in preparation for other coming cast material, like Final Fantasy XV. Right. But... That's not confirmed. Don't. That's not confirmed. <laughs> Jad doesn't want to play it. Uh, I will play it, but uh, I'm just saying it's not on our list yet. So. Uh, oh, that one's not confirmed. Yeah. I see you mean now. Okay, but yeah, the Overwatch. Oh my God, it's it's such a pinnacle of the kind of game that I usually hate. It is in so many ways designed to cater to an audience of people that I would never spend time with willingly. And is full of things that are designed to be evocative and meaning, <laughs> evocative and meaningful and appealing to you that are in reality completely vapid in every way. Yeah, when you look at because Overwatch like builds a lot of its fan base, I guess, on the characters and the story that it told before the game was actually shown to the public, mm-hmm. and like when you're doing a narrative game you do things to service that. When you're making a multiplayer game with a narrative, you just throw everything out the window the moment gameplay takes a step in. Yeah. And so that's why you have a Zenyatta shooting a second Zenyatta in the <laughs> face. Well, it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense, but like that doesn't matter because they're a class and a shooter. Right, yeah. And it worked past all of that. It worked past me going... 
oh man, I was so interested in all of these trailers you released, and the game in no way makes those experiences better <laughs> or cooler. Uh, the mechanics of Overwatch are just that good, and if you can make me like a competitive online anything, you're doing something right. Uh, I like shooting people in the face, and I like to do it better than everyone else. So, uh, Overwatch was my game of the year. Uh, I shot a lot of people in the face, and I did it better than a number of people. Is the reason you don't play CSGO is because you don't want to learn Russian? Is that the problem? <laughs> no, the issue with other shooters, um, and this, I feel like you could probably trace a line that would point to me liking Overwatch. Uh, through, like, the shooters that I've played before that I got really into were Team Fortress 2 and Splatoon. Mm -hmm. So I like shooters that are multi... like, deathmatch shooters where you don't die and then single elimination, don't come back until the next round. Mm -hmm. And I like shooters that are not grimdark. You like color. I like colors. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and so it's like... Overwatch fits that bill. But it also, I think, has made me realize how bad I was at other shooters before. Like, this is the first time in multiplayer gaming history that I've given one fuck about what my sensitivity is set to. And, like, to somebody who is a long-term shooter fan, they're probably like, oh, so before you were just, like, playing the game with your ass? Like, what, <laughs> you just couldn't play the game? But, like, <laughs> I, like, am actually getting analytical with it and, like, understanding what I need to do and understanding strategies, which I feel like in a, in a similar fashion to how I wouldn't have liked Bloodborne if I didn't play Dark Souls. I wouldn't have liked Overwatch if I didn't play Splatoon. Because Splatoon taught me the mechanics of a shooter and got me into that mindset, and then when it died, Overwatch filled the void and became, like, the thing that I care about in terms of, like, playing competitively. I've only spent a couple of hours with the game. I only just recently bought it. But I, I'm in a, a somewhat similar boat to Chad, although without the history with shooters yeah. to, like, to accompany it. Because I remember liking Time Splitters 2. I play it with Dan, like as when we were kids, and I was into Splatoon, and those are also just two colorful, yeah, like <laughs> lighter shooters. And Overwatch is obviously that, and but it also it's appealing to me in the sense that like they went so above and beyond with the characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I'm so into like character design and like all that kind of stuff. So like just all the characters. Mm is, like, a draw for me. Yep. So, I, this is probably something that we will talk about because Overwatch is scheduled. Like, we have a date for yes. when we're going to talk about that. Uh, but, I, I yeah, I really feel like the thing about Overwatch that has made it my game of the year is a little bit different than how uh, you guys see it in, is that I don't see Overwatch as, like, a fun game to play. <laughs> like, Overwatch is, like, a lifestyle thing at this point. This is where, like, the I, huge yeah. rift opens up between me and Chad. Yeah, yeah I feel is... like you feel completely differently. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that probably is an Aliens scenario to you. Yes, Chad, 100%. I have, I have been in super Monday Night Combat Lab. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have been in this zone. <laughs> And the darkness will hit you. Yeah. I meant specifically Andy. Yeah. Like, he I'm, really is not. I'm so on the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like, 
that I don't think there's like a possible hypothetical game that I could get so into just for the mechanics. Yeah. Except for maybe Tetris. It's probably the closest <laughs> thing ever. I feel like you need to rework your top ten games list to include Tetris. Maybe. It's so colorful. They I spend so colorful. much time on the that's what it is. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of the only games that's pure mechanics that I've put hours into. Yeah. And Tetris Attack, which I like even more. Tetris Attack is really good. Yes. But, yeah, like, without some kind of extra, like, I don't know what to say, what to call it. Something to keep you coming back. Yeah. More than just shooting like, a guy in the head right, better than yeah. other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gotta be, it's something deeper than just the mechanics is what, like, I connect with in video games, so. Okay. I guess. Shoutouts? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, my shoutouts are Inside. I actually managed to pick that up. And play. I didn't play it all. Play like half of it. Ooh. Don't, don't let's not go into it. I'm at not all. gonna spoil. You're not gonna spoil it at all. But I do want to say that since I talked to you last, I went back and played Limbo yes. again, and I could. I like had some kind of weird brain aneurysm when I talked before yes. and forgot how Limbo actually played. And Inside is by far the better game. Okay. <laughs> I'm but, uh, a crazy. I person. was. I my first like initial impressions are pretty positive. I still feel like it is kind of an overrated game. A little bit. But uh, definitely really effective in what it started out, or wh what I've experienced so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, my uh, Hyper Light Drifter was already mentioned. Uh, and my other honorable mention is The Last Guardian. Ooh. Which I haven't played yet. Which so I also haven't either. finished, but we'll I played that. enough of the two games to know they wouldn't have beaten Pokemon f for me. Yeah. Uh, mentions for me... Uh, are going to be of, I think, of a very distinct vibe because uh, t most of the games that I played in 2016 that weren't the prior three were mostly retrospective except for things like Doom, which barely missed the list. But I wanted uh, to reserve my mentions uh, for things of particular interest. Uh, first being, of course, Fire Emblem Fates for giving me my first, like, personal, at my core, like, jump the sharp experience like i've never had a piece of media i was so invested in disappoint me to a greater extent than fire emblem <laughs> fates has disappointed me ever it was it I, I really am a stronger person for coming out of the beating uh that my emotional core took from playing that game and knowing what it meant about my favorite series for the future that's a hell of an honorable mention <laughs> This game improved me personally by being awful. <laughs> by hammering away at me. I it was the fires of the forge that made me a stronger hole. <laughs> uh, other one, because I feel like you can't get out of a discussion about 2016 games without mentioning this at least once. Pokemon Go, for proving how fucking ridiculous like, game appeal can be to people at times. How... Like, how much untapped market there really is for our hobby, I guess is the most clear way of explaining this. Stop shaking your head so aggressively, Andy. 
And again, I've like, never been more disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> wait, oh wait. You heard my intro, and you heard what I just said about Fade, so you think I'm going to say, like, <laughs> glowing things about Go? No, but the fact that you mentioned it at all annoys me. <laughs> Screw you, Randy. Pokemon Go shows that there's so much more of the world out there who have the potential to appreciate games as an artistic medium or even a thing that they do I that would don't currently. I think that it proves that human beings are bandwagon jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, the oh man, my cipher is so cool. They, da- they download it because it's free and it's popular online. For somebody who shouted out <laughs> The Last Guardian as one of their games of the year, uh, or uh, one of their honorable mentions yes. of the year, it's a very cynical world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So there, I've got I that. Think in. I think it's fair. I mean, in terms of like. Game design, Pokemon Go is probably pretty bad. Easily, easily the worst, if anything. In terms, of, if we're if we're just saying game design as broadly construed, right? Horrible, 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 horrible. I'm mentioning because it's interesting. Yeah, and it's absolutely interesting. interesting. Okay, I'll give yeah. you interesting. All right, thanks. But I don't think that's enough to get on the list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, then to add the third part <laughs> to this like trisected shit circle that yes. is my three honorable mentions, <laughs> three sh- three shitty games <laughs> that are my honorable mentions. Jamie said 2016 was a bad game, also or bad year, also a bad game. <laughs> Nothing good in 2016. <laughs> Dark Souls Three was okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of shitty. <laughs> the third shit piece is Star Fox Zero. Oh, God, what are you doing? I'm, t- I'm talking. You're dismantling the concept of a uh, of a, a honorable mention. It's list. interesting. It's interesting to see how far Nintendo is willing to go to try and prove how smart their own ideas are. It's interesting to see how oblivious they're capable of being. Okay, that's fair, yeah. Yeah. That's I don't what... know these... <laughs> I feel like I should have gotten before you. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I would have lumped in more with Andy and then given you a good segue for these. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> then put your broken segue version out of Star Fox Zero making me depressed about Nintendo's faults. Yeah, yeah. No, Star Fox Zero was bad. I can't disagree with that. Um... I think that its worst offense was just being like, hey, you remember the hardware you're holding in your hand? Yeah. Pay more attention to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think what like kind of stings the most about it is like it, it couldn't have been too hard to just give you the option to turn that off. Yep, absolutely. It could have just been the mediocre Star Fox game that I would have been. Because like, all I right even with. think that like I would have really enjoyed it. I did have without the controls. Like I was never like, a huge fan of Star Fox sixty four. Right. And just having like another game like that in H D would have been like fine with me. I agree. That's what I meant by just like yeah. alright with it. And there was one exactly one shining moment in that game, even given the control scheme for me. Uh, which I think a lot of people end up calling out in retrospectives when that game was actually talked about months and months ago. And that was the like Star Wolf fight on the totally not the Death Star thing. Oh, yeah, where they're like whatever Jaguar robot ships. (laughs) The mechanics of that game are legitimately like an improvement for ship-on-ship dogfighting. But that's not what the experience 
of actually playing through a single player Star Fox game is. Yeah, I mean, didn't it start like the concept as like a like flight just as a flight simulation thing? As a like a deep Star Fox fan, I don't know. Uh, I think that's like bad thing. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. And then they were like, let's just shove this into Star Fox. I feel like that's what happened. Yeah. That which is, is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Like a version of the game that controls normally unless you're in all range mode. Sounds pretty good. Yes. I never finished it. I played two levels. I've been stopped. Good. Guess, you, honestly, you couldn't even get through one run. Wow. Nope. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It's not worth it. Even that one shiny uh, bit we talked about, I don't think I, it's I worth would it. disagree with that. It's so short. It is that short. It's very short. Like, I think it's worth it to actually push through to the end. Chad, swallow your pill. Just take the huge pill and just put, push it straight down your throat. My yeah. shout-outs for 2016. <laughs> Are <laughs> uh, to Pokemon Sun and Moon, which uh, has already been mentioned. Uh, here, here. Quite good reasons already gone over. Uh, the and now that we've been through literally everybody else's games, criminally not yet talked about Doom. I had said the word Doom one time. Once yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Pure gameplay. Right. Doom, I though. think, is exemplary of how th- I think people should attempt to make combat f- feel fast. In the future, because instead of just like doing dumb shit, they should just make <laughs> you always killing things and force you to move to like get around all the enemies. No, Not I, like yeah. the people are like, oh, it's a, it's got fast combat because you can circle strafe. It's like it's not true. <laughs> you need to want to circle strafe and want to jump to avoid things. And kill shit at 100% of the time. Now, it does speak volumes about Doom that, like, I liked it. Yep, that's true. And it wasn't colorful. <laughs> and, and there goofy. was some, some I mean, well, green. it was goofy in certain ways. There were greens. Yeah. Yeah. Had some orchestra. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds more like a choir. It's the it aggressive Latin ambiance <laughs> yes. that we discussed. It had, it had electric guitars. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm actually now knowing that it came out in 2016 going to add Hyperlight to this list because it's just really good. Yep. Uh, Check and it out if you haven't. <laughs> Check it out! <laughs> uh, I feel like Hyperlight warrants that more than any other games we've mm. talked about. Because it needs the help more it than does. anything else. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, Hidden My Game by Mom uh, is an iOS and Android mobile puzzle game that is uh, entertaining on a level that I didn't think was uh, possible. Uh, it, just in life? Or? Yeah, just because I, I, I don't actually want to talk about this game. I just want everyone to go download it and make sure that you the original. The sequel is a little bit underwhelming. Uh, and just play a couple levels of it, and eventually the soundtrack combined with the visuals will get to you and your brain will explode. It's free. It is free. So that is... Uh, those are my shout-outs. I did have one thing that I wanted to say, and that is if you are making some form of content about the worst games of 2016, and you have your sights set on No Man's Sky, really fucking think about if you have anything interesting to say about it other than we were lied to by the developers. Because I've now seen... 
it's it's mid-January at this point. Yes. I've now seen, like, ten videos or articles or some shit <laughs> talking about how No Man's Sky was their least favorite game of 2016 without mentioning the game. Every yep. single person <laughs> who talks about No Man's Sky, and I'm not as a basically bona fide No Man's Sky apologist... <laughs> Uh, oh no, why did you have to mention the fact that you're yeah. an apologist? Yeah. You've destroyed your credibility. Your point's <laughs> really good, but... Yeah. I guess I'm not actually an apologist, because I don't love the game. I've played, like, a reasonable amount of it. Okay. But I enjoy the game. And I just... I don't... I don't care that people feel like they were cheated if your goal is to discuss the game itself. Because you aren't discussing the game. <laughs> I wanted to play the game because it seemed like a way for me to walk around and see cool things and be impressed by my, like, code. <laughs> and it was exactly that. <laughs> you were very impressed by the code. It was impressive yeah. code. But I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's reasonable... It's reasonable that, to not like the yeah. game. No, I do... I agree that I'm also, like, just really sick of, like, cynicism on, like, the internet. Like I, every time I see like a top ten worst blank list, yeah. like I click on it just to give it a thumbs down and then leave the page. <laughs> like it's so annoying. Like yeah. I don't care what you don't like. Yeah. But you know. I'm sorry I talked about Fire Emblem Fates Pokemon well, okay. Go. <laughs> yeah. Right. JJ. I mean, there are games that deserve to be called out for not being bad. And No Man's Sky probably deserves to be called out for I think, like managing expectations. Yeah, I definitely think it deserves to be called out and talked about, but like not in that kind of format. Yeah, and not in that context. Don't call yeah. it the worst game if you didn't play the game. Right. Like yep. uh, that just bugs me. Just give <laughs> leave No Man's Sky alone, <laughs> or don't. But just bother Hello Games. Don't tell me that the game I like is bad, even though you you didn't you don't want to play that game anyway. <laughs> the game is not designed for you. Welcome to the internet, Chad. The game you like is bad. I didn't play that but game. I mean, like, Why would I spend $60 imagine, on that trash? Imagine that, like... No, that's not a good example. That's too extreme. Oh, well, I'll use it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Here it comes! Imagine that, like, From Software puts out Bloodborne 2, and all you can do in it is mine rocks. <laughs> that is what? kind of an extreme example, I agree that. Like, I feel like, like, you somehow, like, from the trailers, like, got an accurate idea of what the game was gonna be, and, like, literally no one else on the planet did. Right. Nor on the seven trillion planets <laughs> yes. you can go to in Man's Sky. You're so, correct about that being a bad example because there already is Bloodborne, yeah. but there wasn't Man's like, Sky. Right? Yeah, you can't come up with like a good yeah. comparison. Yeah. Uh, basically, I think that the mining is bad. I think that right. there's actually too much to do for the game that it should have been. But this is a game that I would have liked better wouldn't sell to anyone but like me and right. 14 other people. Yeah. So... So they just lied a bunch. Yeah, so they, yeah. So they yeah. lied, which is a terrible idea on their part. Yeah. But just I don't just, criticize the game for it. Yeah, like, I just felt like we should clear up your feelings on it a yeah. little bit. Yep. So. I, I might feel stop like the I hate mail. too defensive. Like, yeah, like I, didn't want, I don't want people to yeah. get their, uh, I don't know, fannies in a knot or whatever. <laughs> we, they, we don't want their internet in our inbox. Yes. Right. 
So if you want to put your internet in our inbox, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you can do that at noclippodcast.gmail.com. All of our other contact information is at noclippodcast.com. And please leave us a rating and a review, unless you really hate Hello Games, in which case, don't leave that review. Wait till the next episode. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys in a week this time. Because I'm going to put this out a week after oh, the bike. last one that we just did. Oh man, secret content. And coming into your internet box. The scenes. <laughs>